Hey everyone, and welcome to the We Are The Evidence podcast, season one, Hear Us Out. Your hosts, Shay from We Are The Evidence and Melissa from Mulberry Fiber Studios were brought together by Quick Horse Sale and have been best friends ever since. This podcast focuses on surviving and healing through sexual assault, abuse, and toxic relationships, and how that healing journey touches on every part of our lives. We're excited to have you. Hey guys, it's Melissa. We're so excited that you joined us for the first episode of We Are The Evidence podcast, season one, Hear Us Out. So today we're just going to talk to you a little bit about ourselves, how we're friends, um, how Wait was born, and why we're here to talk to you. So Shay, why don't you tell the people who you are? Yeah, I'm excited that we're doing this. We've been talking about it for forever, so it's really fun to be doing this together. Um Well, I am the founder of We Are The Evidence, which I'll talk a little bit more about how that came to be in a bit. But when I'm not working on We Are The Evidence, which is a sexual assault advocacy platform, I'm working on writing a book, riding horses, working as a case manager in human services. And I mean, I just feel like I'm always working. You are always working. (laughs) All the time. All the time. (laughs) Well, so are you. Tell us a little bit about everything you've got going on. Okay. So I'm Melissa. I am a veterinarian that doesn't practice. Um, I have a whole bunch of animals. I am a total grandma at heart. (laughs) I have alpacas and sheep and bunnies and I take all the fiber and I spin it and knit and weave all kinds of fun stuff. So um, I think in the intro there, Shay introduced me as from Mulberry, Mulberry Fiber Studios. Um, so you can check that out <laughs> and see how I weird that. I am. <laughs> you always have so much going on between work and the farm and you just moved. I don't know how you keep it. Yeah, we just moved. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're friends because we both always have something going on. We do. Yeah. Thank goodness for texting <laughs> and Facebook Messenger. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how we would visit without it. Um, so wait, it's a sexual assault advocacy platform, which is such a good description. Um, so you're the founder. When did you start it and why? Um, well, actually, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about it the other day. I was looking through those uh, text message or those photo memories and it showed me pictures of Mona, which is oh, yeah. back. Right. And it was after that, so like three years ago. Wow, that's so crazy. So for those of you that don't know, Mona is my horse. Um, My second one, the one that I bought from Shay three years ago, which I cannot believe it's been that long already. Um, But back then, she was helping to retrain and sell some really awesome off-the-track thoroughbreds, which are kind of my thing. And we met on... It was just kind of a random Facebook post, wasn't it? Like I was looking for and you were like, hey, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was so sketchy because you just had like your Facebook page, but you didn't have a personal Facebook. And so Facebook like banned you. Mm -hmm. And so then the next morning I like go to pull up the videos to show my then fiance, I guess. 
and or boyfriend even and was like I asked there was an awesome horse here last night but now it's gone and then your sister reached out and was like hey (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that oh my god it was so weird but it um yeah I don't know I don't get weirded out by much stuff though clearly and um so yeah so then it it was like a long time because we're like what six hours away or something yeah it was a drive and I remember being amazed you're gonna come get her because she has a club foot and she was kind of anxious and a handful yeah now she's a slug yeah she doesn't (laughs) even care anymore she's so chill yeah no I yeah so that that's how we met and then we talked for so long before I even came up to get her about horses and then I really don't even know when it evolved into talking about real like real life stuff and just being friends but it just kind of happened one day and now we're best friends and I'll talk all day every day (laughs) yeah I mean I I talk to her more than I talk to my husband (laughs) he talks a lot (laughs) (laughs) But I think yeah, it was around so then. Yeah. It was yeah. then that I formed We Are the Evidence. Hold on. Oh, I can't hear you, girl. I can't hear you. Oh, I was talking to you. I remember talking about how I was getting ready to go to court. Um, for my sexual assault and it was right around that same time that I decided to write the book yes mm-hmm. the book came first that's right yes that book right. has been my heart and soul the last three years and I'm excited because I think it's finally ready to go out um to agents hopefully yay I know I'm so excited you've been working on it for so long I know. But um, when I was working on getting that ready, I was in contact with someone called Tony Rubino with Windward Literary Services, who's helped me throughout the whole thing. And she said I should look into building a platform. So that's how Weird the Evidence was born. Oh, okay. Cool. I didn't realize that. So the book, do you want to tell people a little bit of what they have to look forward to or want it to be a total surprise? (laughs) No, I'm so excited. I think... I'm hoping to create a life-changing resource because I remember after my sexual assault, not really knowing that I had been assaulted. I just remember being scared and confused and really overwhelmed. And I went to the library to look for some resources and they had those old computers where you typed in keywords and I typed in like, was I sexually assaulted? And the stuff to come up with like a book from, I don't know, a decade. I always say the 50s, but it just said wear long skirts and carry pepper spray on you so you don't get raped. Oh, my God. Right. And then the second thing to come up was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. So I realized that I there wasn't good resources out there. I went to therapy and didn't feel safe to disclose what happened there. And it wasn't until I realized I could report years later, I'm talking three years after my assault, that I started doing my own research and I learned about things like sexual assault myths. Like I didn't know that it's more common to be sexually assaulted by someone you know than a stranger. Mm. And so I was reading the yeah, I think, I mean, it's way more likely. I always pictured sexual assault would happen by a stranger in a dark alley 
Right. Like the movies depict, basically. Exactly. And so as I did research and I realized how common it was to be assaulted by someone you know and how common sexual assault on campus was because I was raped in college, I, I realized that there needs to be a better resource out there. So what I envisioned creating was a book that was kind of a one-stop guidebook on talking about sexual assault myths, helping to understand what sexual assault is, talking about how to report your assault, get through the court process, and then work on healing afterwards. Um, I mean, it takes you through the whole process, and I've interviewed dozens of other survivors who I'll incorporate that into the book. Um, There'll be experts who contribute. I mean, I really just want one resource that everyone can go to to better understand sexual assault and to know that they have support even if they don't have anyone. Right, and that is so amazing on so many different levels and so then the book is your resource and then the platform which would be instagram the website um the podcast that all supports that whole community right exactly yeah it's kind of grown into a whole community um it's a huge community i mean you have like what you're up to over ten thousand followers on instagram yeah it's incredible like that's so exciting i'm yeah it's awesome yeah um and it's been really validating because i talked to other survivors and i actually just talked to one last week who said that she felt empowered to report her sexual assault based on the content from where the evidence and other survivors who have been on there and feels good to know i can take something tragic that happened to me and try and turn it around into something more people that's incredible well and that's especially important for the reporting because I mean, I follow We Are the Evidence on Instagram, and you put a ton of really useful information. And like you said, the myths that you would never have thought of, or even just the, um, what is it, the reporting timeline, um, where, you know, there's, what is it, it, statute of limitations? Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. So, like, depending on where you live and what state you're from, if you were assaulted and you decide not to report for so many years, it might basically be invalid, right? They can't do anything, which is horrifying. But, you know, it's, yeah, I I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat. They just don't know what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's why we're here. That's why we want to talk to you guys. And um, I just want to clarify. So survivors is the correct term to use right i think generally speaking the community prefers the word survivor personally i've always identified as a victim of a crime but i'm more right everyone's so different but yeah i think survivor is preferred usually okay okay yeah because i i just want to make sure that i'm using the right lingo here and so um you know shay has unfortunately been a survivor of sexual assault I have not, um, but I am, you know, the down bitch of the hour. So, (laughs) like, you know, your support system, whatever you need. Um, And and there's so much more to this other than, you know, the one sexual assault. We really want to talk to you guys about these crazy relationships and, um, you know, personality disorders that everyone seems drawn to and how you can... (laughs) 
survive that and thrive afterwards. And I have unfortunately been a survivor of that. Um, so Shay and I have really bonded over that in her recent relationships too. So that's something, you know, for another episode, but just a little preview of what you guys have to come. There's lots of hot goss, um, hot gossip. I like to shorten everything, you know, and um, a lot of drama. So oh my I want to pull over if you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> always something going on. I feel like always, always, always. Okay. Thanks. So let's see. <clears throat> we talked about how weight came up. We talked about, sorry, I guess we should take a break because now I've lost where we're supposed to go. (laughs) How I remember you texting me and kind of mentioning assault, but you never said sexual assault. And so I remember you didn't really like share a lot with me in the beginning. And I think that's probably because you didn't really trust me and I was a stranger, (laughs) Um, obviously. Um, but I, I remember you saying assault and talking about assault and having to go to court and then it kind of like grew from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your memory's so good. And that comment alone kind of makes me think back to just like all the gaslighting that I've experienced and how I don't trust my own memory. So it's, it's so. I'm your memory. Yeah. It's great to hear you. <laughs> Cause I'm always like, oh yeah, like. Everything feels like a blur, kind of an omnishy, and but again, and for another episode, um, yeah, I remember talking to you because I don't think I was going, I don't think I told you I was going to court for a sexual assault. I just said I was going to court, mm-hmm. and didn't I kind of like word vomit after I got done with court and like heard the verdict that it was yeah. before that? No, we you kind of talked about it before because you were also talking about writing a book. I think mm-hmm. I might have asked like, what was the book about? And there was a point where you totally word vomited. And I was like, I remember turning to my, I guess, then boyfriend, now husband and being like, holy fuck, this girl's like been through some shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's trying to do all of these really awesome things. And she's got some difficult times ahead because you were gearing up to go to court. And and but there had been a. A build up to court, right? Like there had been a lot of things that have happened. I mean, obviously the assault, but bef- between your reporting and going to court. Right. Yeah. There, I mean, a lot, cause court got delayed like three times. Uh, That's right. I had to go through the investigative process. I had to drive down eight hours to talk to the detective and kind of convince them that I wanted to go that route. Cause they gave me the option not to press charges or have it filed. Um, so yeah, there was a lot. It was a, I think it took me three years to report my sexual assault after my trauma happened. And then another two years from the time I reported to the time it actually went to court. They were the longest two years. I have to tell you, they were so awful. Wait a second. So the detective gave you the option of pressing charges and moving forward and going to court or just not filing? Like, so you're just going to go and confide in this detective for no good reason? So what happened is I, because again, my assault took place eight hours away. So I called it in and I sent in my report. They did some like initial investigation things. 
And then they said, why don't you come down and meet with me and the assistant district attorney? And so I drove all the way down there for this really short meeting. But basically they said, we can either move forward and decide to take this to court where we can't tell you if you're going to win or not, because we see some cases that have much better chances lose. We can drop it and just like have a file or we can put something in the system. So his name shows up in case something ever happens. And I was like, let's go for it. And then we drove back. Yeah, I guess I, I, I would think if you if you've gone through the trouble of reporting, you know, working yourself up and getting that courage to go report, shouldn't he be held accountable? You know, I I don't know. I guess that's just my thought process, but it's just kind of crazy. Because the victim is their number one witness, they have to make sure that the witness is like wanting to do it because they can't take a weak case to court. I agree. Like if someone reports how can you not try and pursue justice but nope right okay so then if okay so tell me again so if you didn't go to trial Mm -hmm. then basically the only other option to file it would basically put his name into a system so that if anything came up in the future it would flag him Mm -hmm. and say this was but it's still technically just a report yeah, it wouldn't have shown that he was charged with anything or even that there was an investigation, just that someone filed a report against him. Mm. The system needs a change. Yeah, well, that's what we're hoping to do, right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Know. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you, like, are you comfortable, like, just take us back to the very beginning? I mean, you know, we've talked about you telling your story. We've talked about, you know, others, if you want to come on here and tell your stories or if you want to send us your stories and have us read for you, we're cool with that. But mm-hmm. I think just just to start off, like, Shay, do you want to do you want to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it can be helpful to others, um, because I was just so confused. So what happened to me is I was going to college and. It was my freshman year, but I had graduated with high school with enough credits, college credits, that I actually went into college as a junior, technically. Mm. And I, my roommate really enjoyed going out and partying, and we never drank um, because he wasn't into that, neither was I. And I always drove because, again, I had enough credits I could bring my car. So we were sober, but we'd enjoy, like, socializing, and she enjoyed talking to the football guys at parties and events. And I didn't enjoy the parties at all. And there was a guy, a football player, who recognized me because of my hair. And one night he approached me because I had straightened it that night. So for those of you who haven't seen, I've got very curly hair. Um, Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But he had really long curly hair, too. And he came up to me because I would straightened it. He's like, I recognize you from the stands during the college football game and you straightened it tonight and he was drunk so drunk and was asking me what kind of shampoo and conditioner I use and it was really weird and he asked me for my snapchat so I gave him that just to kind of end the conversation like here you go and then I left and I think we talked like two times at most we didn't really talk a lot um on snapchat but he was friendly we didn't again it didn't seem significant but I saw him the next semester so the second semester of my freshman year 
another party. And again, I wasn't drinking and he saw I wasn't having a great time at the party. So I'm pretty introverted. It's not really my thing, but I went because I didn't want my roommate to go alone necessarily. But this time we had gone in as a group. So she had other people and he asked if I wanted to go back to his place with him and a group of people to watch a movie. And like I told my roommate, I was like, I think I'm going to go do this. It's with a group. I feel safe. And she said, okay, go for it. Um, text me when you come back. So I went with him, another guy, and three other females back to watch a movie. And I don't really understand what happened. But at some point, all the other people left in the middle of the movie. And I said, I should go. He wouldn't let me leave. And it proceeded uh, being one of the worst nights of my life and I just remember being so confused I remember not knowing what happened I just became really reclusive I didn't know again that it was sexual assault because all I'd heard about was strangers and dark alleys and I did some research I wasn't finding anything I didn't hear about sexual assault myths until again three years later so I shoved it down deep and I, transi- I transferred schools because I didn't feel safe. Um, he never talked to me again. In fact, like there was a couple times we like would walk past each other after a class and he would not look at me. Um, I stopped going out. I, I really just became reclusive until I could transfer. So you didn't tell your roommate at no. that point, did you? Did you ever I- tell her? I did tell her that I thought something had happened and she had kind of inquired about it, but it wasn't until a couple months later and she kind of brushed it off and wasn't supportive. Honestly, though, you're the first person to like really support me from the first time I mentioned it, Uh, which is probably the reason why I didn't report because the people I brought it to, they, they didn't present it as an option. They didn't present it as they believed me or they weren't validating. You are the first person who listened to me who believed me, I didn't have to justify what happened. You didn't pry for more information than I wanted to give. You you just supported me and believed me. And uh, it's a gift that I can't explain how significant that was for me, that you were just there. Thank well, you. Well, I'm glad that I could do that for you. I'm sorry that other people couldn't. That's horrifying. And I think the thing that like stuck out to me the most is that you told your friend before you left the party like it's a group of people I feel safe and I think that that I mean it is so sad first of all I mean knowing now hindsight what happened but I think that's also so important because you know you knew him you didn't know him great he was basically an acquaintance and you were supposedly going to be with a group of people and and you felt safe and you went. So, I mean, this, like you said, it's a rape myth. It's not like you're, you know, being assaulted in a back alley by yourself by a stranger at midnight. This is, you know, a party with your peers and you you felt safe. You felt comfortable to go. And that's just, you know, just to think of how many other people were probably in the same position and they just, you know, and I, I think back to myself and how many times I've put myself in what could have been really compromising positions because at the time I felt safe and 
you know, fortunately, you know, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I don't know if that's okay for me to say, but, um, yeah, it just uh, thinking back now and I'm like a huge true crime person. So I'm like super paranoid now, but I'm just thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Are you, are you out of your mind? You you should be dead like so many times over. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that, I don't know, that just really stuck out to me. Like I feel safe, so I'm going to go and then. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just so crazy. Yeah, but, and I think why so many people feel that they can't tell people a report because it's hard having to tell that part of the story where it's like, yeah, I I kind of knew him. We weren't great friends. Like we never went on a date or anything like that, but I knew him. And for some reason, I feel like that means it, it didn't happen. So that's like that self gaslighting too. Like, am I right or? Am I wrong? He was well-liked. People liked him. He's on a football team. Everyone's got to love a football star. Right. And Who's going to believe you? Yeah. It just yeah. really like the confusing uh, mind game. And I have learned since knowing you that talking about things helps because you, you have people, I've have you that can be like, no, you didn't do anything wrong or that you can spot that. Like those moments where, something is toxic or I don't know. It's hard when you're in it. It's harder when you're in it to see those kinds of things. Exactly. But yeah. And you weren't very old either. Were you guys, I mean, it was your freshman year, but I mean, it was technically your junior year credits wise, but you were what? Like 18, 19, Uh, 19. Yeah. So to think that a 19 year old who has just been assaulted you know, just assaulted, period, let alone sexually, um, in what she expected to be a safe environment, you know, at, at her school where you're going to learn and make friends and connections for the rest of your life. It's really your first experience being in semi-adult because you're living like in the dorms. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, to think that a 19-year-old could could process all of that and take Mm -hmm. that as this is what happened to me and this is what I need to do. I mean, like, I think it's amazing that it only took you three years to come reach a point where you needed to, to report. I mean, that's just, I I think about myself at 19 and I was, I mean, I'm a hot mess now. (laughs) It was way worse back then. So that's just, yeah, that's just amazing. And that just, so you, you reported three years later and went through court which that was its own thing and then through you had already started the book or thinking about the book before you went to court right yep I kind of got the idea to write the book um before I went to court as I was preparing to go to court specifically as I was reading about sexual assault myths I was like how did I not know about this I guarantee the chances that I would have reported sooner would have been so much higher if at some point during my college orientation Someone had said, you're more likely to be assaulted by someone you know. So I was just, I was so angry and I don't get angry, but I was so angry that this information wasn't out there. So I started doing some looking into how to write a book um, and really started to solidify the idea of what I wanted through the court process, getting ready to go to court. And then after court is when I was like, nope, this, 
this is what I have to do. Yeah. The story's not Yeah, over. I remember that. I remember you being like really dead set on it after after court, which you should be. <laughs> you know. Um, so court and all of that reporting stuff, that's gonna be for another episode. So we don't wanna just talk your ears off from the beginning. <laughs> this is we know that this is a really heavy subject and it's hard to talk about and so you know for myself and I think for our listeners and the other survivors Shay just you know thank you for being willing to share and for honestly being brave enough to report and face him in court and go through that whole process and realize that this is such a giant hole in I don't know, our society, I don't know, just like a whole in general, um, I guess in, in resources. And I remember talking to you at one point that you were like, why would anybody want to buy my book or do any of this? And I remember telling you, you know, these resources, you've worked so hard to find the resources and talk to the pro- to the professionals or subject matter experts and to talk to other survivors and kind of compile it all together like this doesn't didn't exist before you before weight so you know that's something to be really proud of and it's it's really really incredible for the community and so I'm I'm just so excited to be a part of this and to kind of help you and to help others that need to be better support systems I guess <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think there's so much so much content that's going to come from this podcast and so much good that it's going to do. I hope. Um so yeah, so next podcast we're going to talk about or next episode, the same podcast. Next episode, um we're going to talk about the um time after the assault a little bit more about how you decided that you were going to report and your actual reporting. And then we'll talk about court. Of course, probably going to be a couple episodes because there's quite a bit to that. Um, And then we're going to start talking about after and what happened. How do you move on? How do you start to heal? And then from that (laughs) will come all of the drama with relationships. Because I think, I mean, relationships are hard for everybody. And I've had my fair share. And um, I think it it's especially hard after you've been through that. You don't know who to trust and um, you've had some you've had some doozies. So yeah. <laughs> <It's been laughs> <a> yeah. <laughs> so we can talk about that and how to spot that and what to do when you're in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said before, we're We're totally looking for people that want to be on the podcast, that want to be a guest, want to share their story. If you're not comfortable sharing your story, but you just need to get it out, you know, email Shay at We Are The Evidence. That's wrong. We are testifiers. I know. It's also goofy. We are testifiers at gmail.com and talk to us about how, how you want us to help you. Um, I guess that's all I have for official business. 
Yeah. What did I forget? Mm, I forgot to tell everyone about the cute puppy you're getting. Oh, guys, I'm crazy. I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> I have five, four dogs in the house. This is going to be number five. So I have a Newfoundland named Mason. I have a Bernie's Mountain Dog named Phoebe. Both of them are gigantic. Then I have a Basset Hound named Addison. And then I have a Corgi who's only six months old. Her name is Arlo. And so, you know, I follow this beautiful Great Dane breeder who we know. And I've been out there multiple times. And I've looked at her puppies so many times. And I'm just like, mm, they're cute. Like, whatever. Um, well, this one came up. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be your mother now. And that was kind of it. And then lucky for me, my husband had had a short work day. And so he was cowboying around the farm, you know, drinking. And so I was like, did you see that cute puppy? And he like called the breeder and was like, we'll take her. And I asked him, I was like, so have I told you this story? No. About, oh, okay. So um, then I was like, are you drunk? And he was like, no so i mean obviously that's a that's a hard yes and i was like so buzz like a heavy buzz and he was like mm, like a slight to mediocre buzz but mostly tired like i worked a lot yesterday like obviously i'm tired it was a friday night you know and i'm like okay so slight to mediocre buzz okay and then the next morning he's like oh my god i'm so hungover are we getting a puppy and i was like <laughs> Can't go back on it now, Mr. <laughs> nope. And then we went and saw our Sunday and now I'm totally attached. So I'm getting a Great Jane puppy. I think her name is going to be Clementine. I'm super excited about it. And we pick her up Labor Day weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> She's so cute. She's so cute. She's going to be huge. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm like this, guys. I'm crazy. <laughs> I love it. I live vicariously through you and all your animals. I love them all. Yeah. I know you need to come stay with mm -hmm. us and then it's it's good because you get to hear the stories and you get to see all the pictures and you don't have to vacuum every single day like I just did before I jumped onto recording <laughs> because there's hair everywhere, <laughs> everywhere all the time that works <gasps> yeah so well guys thank you so much for joining us for our first episode we're so excited we apologize for any awkwardness we're we will get better at this. We promise. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, eh, I say we promise. You're going to get better at it. I'm, oh I'll, I'll continue to be weird and crazy. That's, that's, that's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think the will probably stay, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it, it'll get better. It'll get better. So, um, you have any, any parting words, Shay? No, just look forward to seeing you guys next time or talking to you next time because i don't see you i know well we see we're on zoom because we're far apart right now but so i can mm -hmm. see you right now which is nice because we usually are just on messenger so anyways have a great week you guys and we cannot wait for you to join us next week have a good one bye